This week, I learned the many meanings of the words firefighting. And I try to keep my eye out for lucky Letcher moments. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett, and we watch anime. Garrett, this week we find out a new rule of anime in that is that no profession, no matter what it is, is safe from being shonen animeified. We've met shonen cooks, we've met shonen football players, hell, we've even met shonen scientists in a caveman world. However, this time we take on the noble profession of firefighters and add the battle scenes and all the etchy fan service that would make even the most brittle, grizzled ladder company blush. That's right, this week we tackle the action shonen firefighting adventure known as NN no Shobutai, or in English, Fire Force. But before we begin here, what are new fans going to be expecting from this show? Uh, no matter how serious a topic, we're never above a boot grab. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Especially, like, this is one of those cases where, like, I'm not going to say it's because of what she was wearing, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, she could have taken a few more precautions. And we'll know who as we get further down. But yes, Garrett, as, sure, we, sure, mentioned, sure. as we mentioned before, this is the show NN no Shobutai, which in English means Flame Flame Fire Brigade, which is kind of a little bit redundant in English. Mm-hmm. But, kind but of- really, when do, we, when do we not come across a title that's redundant in English? <laughs> and it sounds like a David Bowie you know, song, like Flame Flame Fire Brigade. Like, mm-hmm. like, that's what it sounds like. But it's called Fire Force in English for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the manga came out in 2015, and it's still ongoing. Uh, the anime is in its sixth season um, and has run from 2019 through now, basically. This show was created by an author who I really like um, because he made a, an equally quirky show. Oh, no. Called Soul Eater. Oh, now I, like. I understand the stupid teeth. Yes, exactly. Oh, did you watch, you watch, did you have, did you watch Soul Eater? That was with like the jester-like guy who goes around with the little kid, right? Uh, that's a different. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that one a okay, little bit. Okay, but, okay, okay. but basically, Soul Eater was a big one in which uh, you know people like that one as well. It, it's it's kind of the same thing in which the styles there, the sound effects are there. It, it just gets very convoluted, and it does it makes weird choices. And because of that, I find it sometimes hard to follow. But I like the idea of it. Mm. So um, and also I like it because unlike other shonen anime, which runs on like a single character having a Pirate King moment or wanting to be Hokage. This is just a whole bunch of characters that you just get thrown into throughout the whole course of the thing. And right. you just kind of get to know them over time. So that, I think that's what benefits the show anime. But before we begin, we talk about what the show is all about. What, were, what are some initial thoughts that you had of this? Uh, so this uh, takes place in the future. And yeah. it seems like the entire world is uninhabitable except for the Tokyo Kingdom or the yes. Tokyo Empire. Right, right. Uh, which is not expanded beyond Tokyo or a little bit outside the Tokyo suburbs nope. currently. No. Um, and somewhere along the line in the future, uh, zombies have not been created. However, no. there is an affliction uh, that curses man and woman alike. Right. And that is spontaneous combustion. Right. And that's like a, honestly a real thing. And I kind of want to like dive into what that is in, at some point in this episode. But it was an interesting idea of like, 
people randomly going on fire, but then they don't die. They just kind of like stay on fire for like a while. Right. It's really weird. Right, right. They become they become something called an infernal, where right, right. their blackened soul remains as like this dark creature on earth that wants to light other things on fire. They kind of look like Skeletor on fire, basically, minus right. the, minus all the buff. Right, some gargoyly demons of sorts. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, and so basically our protagonist is this character named uh, Sheena. And yeah. Sheena, right? Sheena, and, yeah. Um, like all good protagonists, uh, yeah. his family died in a fire. Yes. And, and he's trying to avenge them, uh, but he has uh, some special powers. He's, right. um, he's a devil, which means that he has these terribly sharp teeth, which is just <laughs> completely distracting and unnecessary. Right. He has red eyes, which, as we know from the gambling show and everything else, means all sorts of things. Right. But the main thing is that he, he can shoot flames out of his Nikes. <laughs> or out of his right bare feet. So yes. he's what's known as a, a pyrokinetic, and he's a third-generation pyrokinetic. Yeah. So without getting giving too much away without getting it too much in short this malady uh causes people to spontaneously combust right and instead of firemen coming there are these special fire squads there who are look like firefighters mind you <laughs> who look like firefighters but instead of like yellow glow stripes they're neon glow stripes they have blue right. glow stripes right um and they kill these creatures sorry they extinguish these creatures right but while still preserving their soul right and this is the weird it's, thing that's that, very vague how they do that by the way because essentially they kill them but by punching them through the heart yeah they, they, they do an undertaker they do a like an american badass undertaker heart punch and take them all out and instead of gold dust being eliminated in, in survivor series it you know <laughs> saves your soul i guess and that's kind of like what a lot of this show is it's a lot of explanation with a lot of with a lot less of like using it so to speak um, I, and so before, you know, I think one thing to kind of like take a step back for is to just point out that like the show has a really great idea. Yes. I've never thought to myself that I would be enthralled by the idea of taking firefighters, making them like, you know, one piece <laughs> and giving them an actual enemy that resembles fire and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So, and then, and then also... But then it gets like to get some really convoluted things. Like first and foremost, they don't put out fires. <laughs> like, so, so let's just like break through how firefighting works in this world. Sure. I think like, like we, you, go, you went through a really good um, example of the history and, you know, before, you know, you know, actually before we go over to the team, like, what did you think of this show? Like, what are some quick brief thoughts you have on like what you thought of this show? I thought to myself, I've never seen a show like this. Right. Like, like plot wise. Mm-hmm real life or in a show um i thought that there were some really well first of all i also thought why did you give me another show that it was only available in dub <laughs> and and uh, did you find a sub to this yes it's on crunchyroll i watched it on hulu because you had at some point you and i are gonna have to have like a zoom meeting in which i show you where the subs are on hulu because it's there it's there no, no 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 i know where it's there because we've done this for a year and as you say you click into a show mm -hmm. and then it says episode one sub episode one dub episode right. two sub episode two dub right uh but this show in particular both on my hulu app on my tv on my fire stick and on my phone dub only and i, I gotta tell is. the people out there 
for those of you out there, I don't care if you're young, I don't care if you're old, if you like to watch your anime dubbed, you're dumb. Yeah. Because it makes everything sound terrible. This right. show, there were moments of such really wonderful gravity, and I have no idea, because it's either the voice actors or it's the direction the voice mm-hmm. actors are getting, mm-hmm. Why is everyone given the instruction to sound like a California surfer? Right. Because that is what they act like. This is American. So yeah. we're going to talk like this. Put out that fire. And it's yeah. first. Because you know what I think it is? And this is my problem with, with, with dub as well, is that a lot of Japanese comedy, Japanese action relies on characters to be very emotive and to be very excitable right? Naruto being a great example of it. We don't have that, that kind of volume differential in the United States because our voices were kind of dynamic anyway, how we speak. Like you and I, we speak normally. We're like, Japanese, it's very, it's very staccato. And then eventually goes like, and it's, it has those, those things. And so I guess when the director goes for it, they go, Hey, why don't you sound like you're really excited to be doing whatever you're doing? And it's just like, it just doesn't translate. Yeah, it comes off as surfer dude, and it's really stupid sounding, and yep. I don't like that either. But so um, so 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 if I was to bullet point, is it the same thought that I have, which is it's a very unique and creative idea, mm-hmm. not done to its full potential. No, they they fall back on so many what I'm now going to refer to as like classic tropes. Yeah. There was there's like two moments where they broke the fourth wall mm-hmm. and they like turned to the camera like, womp, womp. <laughs> like why are you doing this? Like so when you you cannot have um <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder yelling at mm-hmm. Ben Stiller for doing simple jack where he goes, yeah. can't go full you blank, know what? You yeah. know. Um and and I kind of liken it like to TV shows, like it can't be dark 100 percent of the time Mm -hmm. i loved breaking bad but one of my issues with the later seasons of breaking bad is that it took such emotional such an emotional toll because it was dark from start to finish so i understand that like there's a reason why ice t is on special victims unit right because they have these horrible horrible violent sexual crimes and like man ice t breaks the ice with levity (laughs) you know and (laughs) They try and do that here, but they go too far. Right, right. You know, they're like, serious, serious. My mother died in the fire. Oops, someone sat on my face. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no, like, that, that doesn't even play here. Yeah. And then there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get explained that, like, that kind of falls into some plot holes. I, now, to be to, to kind of a spoiler alert for me, I do like this show a lot and I like reading it. But I just like you, just like when I was reading Soul Eater, I will keep reading it, but then, like, I'll just be like, push it a little bit, push a little bit further, but that's neither here nor there, right? Because I don't want to go too far into that because that will say that to the end. But so let's talk about how firefighting exists in this world. So, boof, someone randomly goes on fire. And that's literally how it shows in the first episode is someone legit walking on a train, reading his paper, eating his donut, and oh my God, I'm on fire! It's literally how it happens. In fact, I think what happens is like their eyeball lights on fire and then like the rest of them, <laughs> like his head is a, ma- a matchstick and he just like the rest of them goes and it's, and, and then, so then all of a sudden, bee, boo, bee, boo, the, the, the fire force comes by. And right. So, have- so, for, so first of all, a, a, a giant, like old, like record player horn <laughs> has to go off in their Willy Wonka yeah. castle of a firehouse. <laughs> 
And they show up with all you would need in a normal firefighter. You got your firefighter gear, you know, the normal big jackets, mm-hmm. their big hats. Um, they got their fire truck, also known mm-hmm. as they call they know as Matchbox, I guess is the name of this this particular truck. No hose, so there's no mm-hmm. water to be speak of. And of course, any fire company would be complete without a nun. <laughs> That's right, folks. For some reason, a nun shows up to these right. things. And a woman of the cloth. A woman of the cloth. A very hot, you know, often mm-hmm. naked nun. But nonetheless, a nun all the same. Right. And so we get to... Uh, by the way, Garrett's eye roll is very audible in that regard. It was just like a... But it's... And you show up to the fire. Everything's on fire still. Because there's a human being yep. who's never not on fire, right? And they're pretty much in pain. They're also, I, I'd like to interrupt you. Apparently, there's only one way you run towards a fire, and it is leaning forward with your <laughs> arms out behind you. That's Naruto style. We do Naruto style running. That is the only running. way you run towards a fire. <laughs> yes, everybody got to know. Everybody knows the Naruto run makes you go faster. I mean, we all know that, right? Got it. So, <laughs> so you show up and you got your gear, and then before you can, there are no hoses, mind you, no water. Water does not play a part in this. No fire extinguishers, nothing. You just you find the baddie. And you first say, hey, I got to beat this baddie, right? This thing's going to mm-hmm. kill everybody. No, no. You start with the nun. You tell Say them, a prayer. Nun, say the back, you know, say the prayer. And she's just like, you know, doing her little hand gesture and like doing her prayer. And then it's like, okay, now we can kick this thing in the face. And so they run full speed. At the, Which, at by the way, I have no idea what I'm, th- I'm trying to remember what the nun said right now. And instead, all I can think of is Godsmack. In my head, I'm like, I'm not the one that's so far away. It might as well, because it is very dark, the prayer. It's like, you know, we start from ash and we end as ash. And the heart is the soul, is the, is the fire of the soul. It's, it very much could be a very, like, later year Godsmack in terms, of, in terms of words. And you go in and you essentially kick the crap out of the zombie. Now, afterwards... Mm-hmm. You would think, wow, this building's on fire. We, we hope find survivors. Maybe we'll find, maybe we got to stop this building and, and save further damage to this thing. But nope, you just, you kind of just all go together and you go, Latom. And that's it. <laughs> and, and, and did you ever look up what Latom is? I did. Garrett, you know me. I, I, in my brain, if a question's asked, I can't not find out what the answer to it is. So Latom is a Hungarian word. This is another thing that bothers me about, about Japan is that they, they pick wor- random languages willy-nilly for no reason. Like, why did you pick a Hungarian phrase? But it basically means, like, I see you or I, you know, I understand. As in, like, I see you, I remember you. It's like, I'll remember you kind of thing. So, right. it, but it's stupid nonetheless. But then they just walk away and everything's good. And everybody goes, fire force, fire force, fire force. Everything's great. Like, so that's what we learn about it. And mm-hmm. just as you said, and this is something also to really be important, is that Shinra joins the eighth division which is there's at least eight squads in this a a pretty brand new division pretty brand new division and the so in another thing to note is that firefighters in this group are one of three things they're either normal people so nuns are big you know that can't really do much save for prey or the the, you know the main captain who's who is unpowered but yet is really strong Mm -hmm. then you got the second generation people who are basically second generation pyrokinetic yes pyrokinetic meaning they can move fire but they can't create it like pyro from x-band they can basically move fire they can someone's got to light a match first yes and this is where like science and physics gets really weird are the are these kind of these how these powers because i can imagine the author going 
if something's going to happen, this it has to be associated with fire. And so he went through all of the most random, obscure physics textbooks he could find to come up with some really weird powers because we're going to have to talk through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the third generation folk who do also manipulate fire, but that they can also create their own fire, which Shinra is one of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, let's talk about um, you know, let's talk about the first two episodes, and we'll also talk through the squad, right? Let's right. because I think Shinra shows up and he and he meets them at the train platform, already beating up a, a, a spontaneous combustion person, and so right. they kind of meet him there, mm-hmm. and they find out he's got a little quirk here. What is Shinra's little quirk that he's got? Uh, so Shinra has a, a couple of quirks, uh, not the least of which is his primary tool for using the flame from his feet is breakdancing. <laughs> That's uh, one, yeah. But yeah, his, his, he's got two pairs of dylons on his feet, which is that they spit hot fire. So, so Shinra's <laughs> big issue here is that everyone since the death of his mother and, and supposed death of his, uh, sibling has referred to him as a devil as if he started the fire and he has right. these devil powers as as you know billy joel would say he 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 did not start the fire right right uh i mean we don't know right <laughs> right we don't know the world was burning since the world um, was burning, so who knows <laughs> but he uh for some reason they, so they give him red eyes right fine they give him a bad haircut right fine right <laughs> they give him sharp teeth and it's just the laziest animation. Well, if you looked at his mom, his mom also had fang teeth. Apparently, he was from a long line of Transylvanian vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and right. he also has it. But also, that's very but, but to your point, yeah. to your point, his quirk is that when he's nervous or tense, mm-hmm. he smiles. So it can lead to a lot of miscommunication. Yeah. Like, if he's in a situation where he's, like, there's a scene later he, where he walks in on the priestess sweating on her knees for some freaking reason. And she's all embarrassed and he's embarrassed. And he's just like, ah, <laughs> he's got, it, it's, it is weirdly sociopathic, his grin. So yes. he constantly looks like he's like, he, me likey. Like if you can imagine <laughs> if there's a, if there's a face that screams me likey, that's, that's his, that's his uncomfortable face. <laughs> that his, is what his go-to default unnatural face. Um, and <laughs> So, so he, you know, he joins this thing and everybody kind of gets his quirk and he joins the 8th Division and we meet the rest of the crew. Sure. First of foremost is Captain Akitaro Obi, who's a normal guy. And here's the thing. Everybody's got quirks. That's another thing about Shonen mm-hmm. is that you, you take someone's quirk and you dial it up to like 11 in these shows. Right. Like, like Obi that. was absolutely like the captain of his baseball team in high yeah. school. And he was he gets very swole at all times. He's never not training. Somebody's right. talking to you. He's doing you know lat pulls, whatever he's doing. he's standing on an exercise ball, balancing. He, he also has a extremely strong moral code. Right. He's the light. They call him the guiding light of the group because he is. He's very very much very strict in the way he he approaches this work. Right. But and he's and, and that doesn't mean he's got a stick up his butt. He just means that. He's got a really good compass, a moral right. compass. Especially when he realizes that, like, you know, most people really like the idea of kicking zombie ass and stuff like that. But he's the guy that goes, like, remember, this person maybe 30 minutes ago was a human being with a family and all that stuff. Maybe, maybe let's consider that a little bit. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we meet Lieutenant uh, Nawa. Yeah, Hinawa. Yeah, talk us through the rest of the group. Who's, who's uh, so Hinawa uh, is your shiny spectacle dude. He's Megan A all the way. He's Megan A. He's. Um, He's the second in charge. Yeah. He also is 
good, but he has an edge to him. Like it's basically his job. He harasses the newbies. Right. Um, because in the first couple episodes, we're introduced to uh, Shinra, who is the protagonist. He's mm-hmm. kind of the main one we're focusing on. And then sort of a playful, at least in the beginning, a uh, playful um, uh, other newbie named uh, Arthur King. King Arthur. Arthur. His name is Asa Boyle. It's Arthur Boyle. <laughs> Arthur Boyle, right? Yes. He, but he's Arthur Night King or something. The, like yeah, that. he wants to be the Night King. Uh, anyway, yes. um, so he now uh, gives them crap, and he's he does the dirty work. And there's yeah. a really a really good example of that is um, uh, at one point. It's not a huge moment, but it's an important moment, I thought. Right. Um, at one point, instructions need to be given to Arthur and Shinra, uh, instructions, mm-hmm. and they're kind of outside of the scope of how you should behave. Right. And Obi, the captain, goes to give them, and Hinara, uh, or Hinawa stops him, gives the instructions, mm-hmm. and when the guys go on their way, he turns to Obi and he says, I'm sorry, that I cut you off, but it needed to come from me. It couldn't come from the captain because right. the types of orders can't come from the captain. Right, right. I thought yeah. it was really like heavy. Yeah, like, he's really he is the one who is the strict disciplinarian, but his power is also hard to understand as well. I, I, I let's talk through Gary because you're a person who knows firearm man, you know, manufacture, you know, better than I do. His power is that he can. He's really eager to pull his gun out. He he very much is the like you know you know John Wayne of the group, and that he shoots guns a lot. But he, as a second generation, he takes the fire that the combustion that happens behind bullets, and he can change the velocity. The velocity which the bullets come out. Now, question, Garrett. Say bullets come out half the speed of a gun that they normally would. A la. You know I how quick they know came out. They, they, I don't know if they would still pierce you or not at half the speed. In my mind, <laughs> if it's anything like guns, like in the 1800s, I'm sure they would still kill you. But it makes it seem like he just shoots them with like rubber bullets more than anything. And he also is able to like take the spark when they hit walls and make them shoot in different directions. He's kind of like very much like a gunsmith with his power and stuff. Like so that. a nine millimeter foot per sec the. So nine millimeter handgun, which let's just assume he has a nine millimeter because right. it's got less kickback than like a right. 40 cal or right. uh, has roughly uh, 1200, 1200 feet per second speed uh, of the bullet. So even if you like reduced it by half, I yeah. still think like- You would murder somebody. <laughs> you'd certainly pierce the skin, but, yeah. but there's a moment where he pulls the gun on, on Shinra, the lead, and he's like, that's a real gun. You wouldn't shoot me. And he pulls the trigger. <laughs> and he leaves like the, a glorified bullet beanbag mark. And I'm yeah. like, oh. Yeah, that's the thing I'm talking about. The, 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 the science of it doesn't necessarily make sense. And I got to give the author credit. It's, it's creative, mm-hmm. but it's really weird to think about. And well, then, I mean, look, the science, first of all, we're suspending our disbelief, right? Right, correct. But there is a foot per second where it, will hit you and it will not pierce you. So mm-hmm. sure. If you want to say that he can control it to that percentile of power. Fine. Yeah. Fine. That's sure. that, that is like the least of the things that bothered me when I watched this show <laughs> um, from there. Uh, from there we go to uh, Maki who uh-huh. is naturally uh, busty because why not? 
Because why not? But she's also buff. She is swole. That girl right. has some serious tra- tra- trapezius. But and she deltoids. also has like body dysmorphia because if you call her out for being strong, she will beat you up. <laughs> yes. They, anytime they call her. And she will, she's kind of like, um, you know, Full Metal Alchemist, you know, in that, uh, you know, Edward in which you say one thing about her and she adds several other things that you didn't say on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, man, she acts like an ogre. Who are you calling a Cyclops gorilla who can only, you know, <laughs> who only eats gravel through her cheek, you know, <laughs> like, like she's that kind of character. But she's right. also, they say she's 90% girly for the most part and 10%, you know, leave her alone. Right. And, but her power is pretty interesting in that she can make like sentient uh, fire, which is pretty funny because... What, what does she call it? She calls it um, putter putter in the sputty sputty yeah putter putter like, putter and sputter sputter like names like that and it's really funny because she gets really attached to them and they all ultimately die in some way shape or form. Usually it's by the lieutenant pouring coffee on them and they're like <laughs> oh sputty and they come up with these yeah these really cute cherubic fire flames and the coffee and the lieutenant just pours coffee on top of him don't play with fire and then he puts like tape around it it's that that part right. made me laugh. Like I really enjoyed that. And then there's then there's sister Iris, who is mm-hmm. the blonde, uh, busty priestess of the group. Because yeah. you know, so part of what these guys do, in addition to extinguishing these demons, is they're also supposedly preserving their soul. Again, I, yeah. I mentioned how it's kind of lame; you have to punch them in the heart. Right. Um, but as this is going on, she says a prayer over them. What that does or doesn't do. Not a clue. Doesn't explain. It's not like there's a ghost that like floats away going, thank you. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't get any like indicator that the prayer worked at all. Like in my mind. Um, the next thing is then we also, we meet Asaboyul, who is the King Arthur character. He's kind of a dum-dum. Mm-hmm. He does not know his, you know, he, he's pretty deluded to in thinking that everything is around this idea of King Arthur. Uh, but what's his jab, Garrett? Well, he met... Shinra in Academy. Yeah, so they don't like and each other that much. They kind of had a weird introduction in this show because out of nowhere, Shinra sees him and he's like, I told you if I ever saw you again that I would kill you. And right. I'm like, wait a minute, who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. And it was the beginning of the episode too. So you're like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, so he, so while Shinra's abilities is that he can shoot flames out of his feet, which he can use for speed, he can use for flying a la yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, that's what I would say. It was very much, it was very much Iron Man. Like imagine if right. Iron Man was his power where he, you know, can shoot right. fire out of his feet. Yeah. Right. Uh, King Arthur, uh, Arthur Boyle, um, <laughs> has a, a, essentially a lightsaber. Right. Uh, that's like, he calls Excalibur. Right. And he, you know, the two of them, and their fight was pretty stupid too in that he, you know, Shinra's thing is that he wants to be a hero really badly. And uh, what's his right. name? Arthur wants to be a knight. And so they they had an argument over who, which one was cooler, art, knights or heroes and stuff. Right. And you know how before you said that, like, everyone wants, like, they want to keep giving people in all these shows these, like, pirate king moments. Right, right. In the first five episodes, there's like a few moments where Shinra's like, I'm going to be a hero. And every time right. it was lame. Yeah, it, it, that doesn't play very well because it makes it seem. They didn't build up to it, first of right. all. Right. Here's the thing. The times in which, because you have to understand, I think the crux of what they're trying to do is make it seem as if Shinra, the lead, is ostracized his whole life. And no matter where he goes, mm-hmm. he's going to be this demon devil ostracized character. However, the times in which 
he interfaces with people and they call him a devil are maybe like 5% of the dialogue. And the rest of it is just like normal. So when he calls himself a hero and he's like trying to change the person's opinion of this weird sociopathic smiled guy who shoots fire at his feet, it doesn't, you're right. It just doesn't equal very well. And I just, I think it's, yeah, and I think it's just forcing, you know, uh, I'm going to be Hokage out of, out of a situation when you don't yeah. really need to. And that's my, that's, yeah, that's one of my main gripes from this show as well. But, um, and that's kind of really episode one and two is you kind of learn like the spirit of it and that, you know, Obi, it wants people to respect um, that these people, that the people who are on fire are at one point people that didn't choose right. to do this. And, 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 and the when they, episode, when they go down that road yeah, and they get a little philosophical about it, even though the, I didn't quite like, I know that you have in the show notes, like you're very doubtful of the priestesses like whole position there. Yeah. But even when they go down that road road, I, I got very into the show. Right. But they just continued to do strange things. Like they're like serious, serious, serious Shinran King Arthur and Arthur Boiler are rivals. And then they do like a stupid slap fight between them and i'm like oh this is right are we trying to be funny now right exactly the the tonality changes pretty quickly i get that Mm -hmm. but um and that's kind of what happens the second episode the second episode we meet um a person who's on fire who can like who kept themselves from fully turning into a fire so they're basically like sitting in their dinner table like on fire just like i'm gonna hold it back but he's like on fire so that he can get taken out without hurting anybody and that was a very yeah but at the end of that scene, we're introduced to what it appears is going to be at least the first long-running villain of the show. Joker, Joker. So they show up, as you stated, this person, this, this little girl's outside crying because last yeah. year her mother turned into an infernal and now yeah. her father has turned into an infernal. But as you said, sometimes the inner character is so strong it can take over. And instead yeah. of destroying things, his inner character forced the Infernal to sit there. And after they extinguish it, all of a sudden there's this little black pixie dust floating around the room. And mm-hmm. there's a massive explosion. And they're caused to evacuate. Right. Um, and they start like playing with showing this sort of like Joker-esque character. Oh, no. His name is Joker. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's his name. It's Joker. It's Joker. Imagine if Johnny Depp was asked to play an Asian gangster. And that's what I... And, and yeah, with just the right amount of effemininity and homoeroticness that he... Right, right. But, and most... there's like the bandana that covers the eye for <laughs> yeah. no particular reason. Yeah, moodiness, but still smiling and still weird. Yeah, like Johnny Depp's whole career of weird lack, weird change of tonality is very mm-hmm. much this whole show's shtick anyway. Right. But, um, but, but yeah. so, so this, this diabolical character uh, we're introduced to and clearly wants to blow up teammate, at least to right. start. Right. Right. But then, but then he kind of runs away and you don't really see him all that much. You just see like the effects of it. And so we're then exposed to the rookie competition in episode three, which introduces my favorite character of this whole show. Oh no. And I know on, on surface level, you're going to be like, of course is your favorite character gear, but that's not the reason why I like this character so much. It's our girl, Tamaki Kotatsu of team one. She is my favorite character. And we'll explain why in a minute, but as you want, she fights fires in a bra, Kyle, but talk her, talk us through gear. Like what's her jam? Like why, 
Why, why Tamaki here? Tamaki Katatsu is a member of Squad One. Right. And um, she is constantly walking around in her fire gear, but her fire jacket is open and only her bra is exposed. And of course, (laughs) she's busty. But in terms of her fire pants, it appears like they're held up. I don't know, um, depending on your age out there uh, in the listening world on. uh, Anchor FM or Apple Music or wherever you find your podcasts. And yes, give us a five-star rating. Five-star rating. Five-star rating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was a time in like the late 90s and early 2000s where girls would wear jeans and then they would wear a G-string and mm-hmm. they would like pull the G-string in the whale tail. The whale tail fashion, yeah. Yeah. That's the lead the of, edge of the jean. Lead That's up, what's uh, holding WWE. up her <laughs> fireman pants. Um, but she is fiercely loyal. Well, first of all, she's very determined. She's very... Mm-hmm. talented she also is a uh, third, third generation, generation yeah. pyrokinetic um she turns into what can only be described as a fire gerbil um, <laughs> no, she turns into a cat with oh. two tails <laughs> a fire gerbil so yeah so just to kind of a quick japanese explainer japanophile explainer is that she turns into a nekomata which is um a, an old old tale of, of a yokata or a demon that is a cat that lives too long. And so it grows a second tail and becomes a demon. And so that is why she has like the ears and the two long tails and stuff like that. She's like, ah, I see. Yes. Okay. So go on here. What's, well, what's also her jam? How we're introduced to her is, so Shinra and Athar Boyle yeah. have, to go to, <laughs> have to go to this competition for newbies yeah. uh, between the eight different uh, squads in the fire squad, in the fire force. And he sees um, the squad leader mm-hmm. of Squadron One, and he had this this white haired eye patch wearing mofo. Because of course he is. Because of course he is, right? <laughs> right. Um, and Shinra has a flashback, and something about him says, "This guy's going to know about the fire that killed my mom and mm-hmm. my sibling." Mm-hmm. And so he goes to talk to him, and he kind of gets brushed off. And then he goes, "No, but wait, I want to talk to you." And he throws his hand up. And Tamaki Kotatsu stands in front of him and goes, hey, that's my captain. Show him some respect. <laughs> and she looks down. And when he raised his hand, it went right under her bikini top. And then she's like, get off me. Get off me. And she falls forward. And then his hands go down her pants. This is why I like her so much. So, Garrett, <laughs> bear with me. Sorry. Everyone who's thinking is like Kyle likes lewd things, you know. If you assume that, you're like maybe sixty percent right on that. But what I will say is, you and I, Garrett, the bread and butter of our show, especially when we do etchies on the tens, is making fun of the tropes that come out of these kind of sexualized moments. And Tamaki is, for all intents and purposes, the author's attempt to make fun of that, and that is why I love it because it's done tongue in cheek. It's done not just tongue in cheek, but like in a way that makes it seem absurd. Like they do it to the absurd level. She has this trick that she, she says she has a curse on her, which is called the lucky lecher lure, which means that she is cursed to always have these like harem anime moments in which she's either losing clothes or someone's grabbing her chest or she's falling her butt is on, sitting on someone's face. Like, and it's gotten to such ridiculous levels that you can only like laugh at those moments because it's done absurdly. So we're gonna take a pause because I do love this character so much. I want to give her a space. So I've saved Garrett five scenes that you and I are going to go through. Now, people who have the benefit of audio are not going to see this, but 
I picked five scenes out, which I think best represents uh, Tamaki as a character. And mm-hmm. I'm going to turn off the sound so that it doesn't uh, distract anybody. But walk us through what happens in each of these scenes, Garrett. Okay. And you'll get why I like this character so much. So, right. so walk us through starting now. Well, uh, yeah. she is... Okay. Um, she's hitting Shinra's head with a broom. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're in a standing 69. <laughs> she is... It's and then he goes, put me. He, how the heck did you do that, ba- Garrett? Like, talk us through this standing position. <laughs> she literally is just tapping his head and somehow mm-hmm. manages to be upside down. Right, and and her head upside down is at his belt level. But she's hanging via her pants, and his head is the hook, and his head is completely within her pants. How does that happen? It is. So funny because it takes like this idea that like she doesn't do anything and yet she ends up in these weird sexual positions. See, all I have to do is is like <laughs> talk with you a little bit more. And I I was <laughs> these were moments that I really hated because I thought they took away from it. But now that I'm realizing that I didn't get it, that it's actually right. mocking the things that I don't right. like. I'm like, oh God, I guess I like it more than. Right, exactly. And then, all right, so here we go, Garrett. Talk us through this next scene. So set the stage. Tamaki looks... Uh, Tamaki is standing there in just a, a black dress with a black tie, a little white collar on. Uh, she's clearly addressing someone. She's walking down the street. She walks past uh, a group of fire squadron, and all of a sudden, mayonnaise is up her skirt. <laughs> like, one of those cupy mayonnaises has gone up her skirt, and I don't understand why. <laughs> And then it's not done. This scene's not done, Garrett. So you're right. She she just stands there talking to them, and someone tries to pick up a bottle of Cupy mayonnaise, and somehow it lifts up the front of her skirt for no reason. Right, right, right. And then right. she's not done, Garrett. So she's very embarrassed, and all of a sudden she did a flying twirl, and now she's sitting on someone's head. But before she sat on someone's head, we got a screenshot of an egg over easy, and I'm not quite sure what that was for. So, so talk us through, Garrett. What is what position is she sitting in? Shinra so, is so in I'm going to call him the victim because that's really what he is. <laughs> yes. The victim is sitting in the cafeteria at his chair, and imagine leaning forward, grasping both sides of the table with your hands and then slamming your forehead down into the cafeteria table. And she looks like she has just done, like, the Rikishi oh. <laughs> On the back of your head. Power squatted on top of the back of your head. And there's, they don't show what she tripped on. She didn't, like, well, well, just there's before no this, puddle. She was embarrassed and tried to get away. She kind of twirled and went, <laughs> Right, that's the thing. That's what makes me laugh about it, because Tamaki has no reason to trip. No reason. I think they play off on that like she had Also, no thing. Why do, what is on her underwear? It's like pillows drawn on her. It's better than most skirt. things. <laughs> better than most things, I guess, in this All situation. Right. So we're going to move on to the next scene, Garrett. Um, and I'll start. If I sit over there, my lecturer will bother you. So she's sitting by herself so she's, because clearly so she this, doesn't. She doesn't trust herself. She's sitting in a corner trying to eat by herself in a chair. Right, in what looks like a jail outfit, but it's their fireman's uh, one, one pieces. She's basically saying, like, stay away. My right, right. my weird curse is going to go off. Right, she's got a tray, she's got a sandwich, and she's got some water, and some dude goes to sit. That's Shinra, that's Shinra. Shinra sits next to her and says... And he hey. doesn't want to leave her alone, right? Right. She's like, it's fine. I'll, I'll eat by myself. Yep. And so they're just playfully being like, hey, we, we, we'll be friends, right? 
Right. Well, they're kind of going back and forth like, hey, I'm trying to be nice. Don't be nice to me. And then (laughs) (laughs) somehow she does an airplane on top of his head with his face holding up her like collarbones and breasts. So imagine the guy sitting with his tray on his lap doing nothing. But his, where his face is, is she is supermaning over his head, basically. But the shirt is caught over the... Are you getting how great the Lucky Let Your Lord joke is mm-hmm. by this point? Are you getting it now? I am indeed. <laughs> All right, we're doing our next scene, Garrett. So here we go. Uh, there's the next scene. Um, so uh, here we go. So she's yelling at Iris, who's the priestess. And she trips backward. And she's leaning over a... <laughs> what happened i'll I'll do it again and i'll do it in less i'll do it in slow motion no you don't need to do it i can talk it through it okay imagine imagine being in the new york city subway on the platform (laughs) right and she steps back and unluckily her heel gets caught and she right. starts falling backwards. This would be terrible for, for anyone. Most likely she's going to hurt herself. Right. And, her and she her throws her hands up in surprise and her, her outfit starts separating from her body. <laughs> so her fireman's jacket just comes off over the top of her head and her pants start to come down. But if that wasn't enough, her bra is just like, oh no, bing! <laughs> and, like, off, and she's standing there naked on the on the train tracks and iris the priestess is looking at her with her hands in a praying uh position oh that was terrific i know it makes no okay so now this guy here is a baddie you'll meet in season two we won't go into it but she, they're basically about to have a fight okay. um, so i'll set that up so Right so now, she's like in someone's backyard. They're having a fight. He looks like a male version of Storm. Right, exactly. He's a Roe Monroe male version. Right. And he is ready to take her out. You know? so. Right. Uh, he says, You have guts to be coming here alone. And she's like, What are you doing here? Oh, um, he's got, and all he's of a sudden, ready. he's getting fire missiles out of his arms and he shoots them at her and she slips back. And. <laughs> <laughs> And he launches straight forward into her panties, and apparently her lady, what are the words? her lady musk and the wrinkle in her panties just <laughs> blows his mind. So, Garrett, I I hope that over the course of this lecture, thank you for joining my TED talk. That Tamaki is the best character of the show. <laughs> Do you agree with my sentiment that Tamaki is the best character of the show? I mean, she's growing on me. <laughs> it seems obvious, but for really funny reasons, I like her in that regard. But um, it's my favorite part of this thing. Um, let's talk about like the production value because you and I have talked a bunch about the substance of it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the form of it because I feel like this show, if if people like want a one to one, it very much looks like the shell soul eater which is a show that you and i will watch but basically some of the themes are those like cutesy skulls and cutesy like like that's a big thing that's a huge soul eater thing it's like very halloweeny looking and like things are angular the hats constantly with like witch hats and like it's very like halloween looking for for a show about firefighters and uh as you said there's a lot of people with with, like pointed teeth and fangs and stuff like that And it also, I I will give this show a lot of credit. 
it the sound quality of the show was phenomenal. I thought the sound effects I had in my I had my headphones on for most of it, and I thought mm-hmm. to myself like. This show has really good sound production, I think. Like right. when he was changing his position with his foot, it like changed how it crackled and it like it just had such good dynamic sound and, and artwork. So just like in terms of the presentation, was that something that spoke to you? No, it it was it was solid. It wasn't anything that I thought was revolutionary, but everything mm-hmm. was done at a very high quality. Um I'm trying to think if there was anything that stood out. Um, between the fight scenes, between the explosive pixie dust, um, other than the sharp teeth thing, which mm-hmm. I know is something that they like to do with certain characters and it plays into, is he a devil or is he a good mm-hmm. guy? Um, other than that, I mean, I, I enjoyed how it was presented. Right, right. I think that for me, like it, one of the big pros of this show, especially for the time that it came out in, uh, I think it was 2017, it's a very well-produced show, mm-hmm. I would say. And there's a reason why it keeps getting more seasons as well as, you know, the context of the show. Um, so we're, let's let's follow up with the last episode you watched, which was episode five, which mm-hmm. is where we, and four and five, really, where we meet Habana of the Princess Habana, they call her, who's the captain she, of the fifth squad. jerk. She is a jerk, and she is a BDSM jerk, to, to, to say the least. So what's her jam, Garrett? Uh, so first of all, half of her fire squad is um, like latex and leather-bound women. The other half are, you know, uh, sub- submissive men who are into femdom. <laughs> um, so how, how are we introduced to Hibana? So a little bit of context. Um, Shinra has this conversation with his captain, Obi, and it kind of comes out that in addition to fighting Infernals, the Eighth Squad was put together because there are some that believe that there is corruption amongst the other squads, that by now people should know what's causing these Infernals, and someone is either continuing to uh, allow it to happen because it's financially or politically beneficial. I, of course, already have my thoughts on who this is. It would never be the giant corporation that supplies <laughs> all of the gear to all of the fire people. I mean, there are conversations with the guy who has the constantly like so happy face with the fro scientist yeah, yeah, yeah. that's in the background of every scene. No, right. no, he can't have anything to do with it, right? <laughs> so, um, so that's the context is that there are some out there like not not every fire company or, or fire squad or fire force is good, good guys. Um, and so, yeah, in fact, the squadrons are kind of independent mm-hmm. agencies onto themselves. Like they all are under one banner, but they kind of do their own thing yep. for their own reason. Well, they also have locations too, because right. at one point, uh, OB calls out Hibana and says, you do know you're in our zone, right? Right. Um, but going back to, to these episodes, so they, uh, Arthur Boyle and and Shinra are going over a ton of paperwork and mm-hmm. a call comes in to like save uh, a mascot that has been hip hip hooray up into a tree <laughs> and nothing's really going on at the office. So um, by the way, the character's names are one one nine because one one nine is nine does the nine one one of, of Japan. Nice. And one is the is what the sound dogs make in Japan. Womp, 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 womp. And then Nyan <laughs> is what the sound cats make. So that's why there were two dogs and a cat. So I was womp, womp, nyan. <laughs> so okay, that was just a little little factoid for you. So, yeah. so while he and Arthur are out on the call, uh, the seemingly benign call, across town there was a trial. Uh, there was a former fireman 
who was accused of killing people. Yes. Yeah, and this is just like unspeakable. And he is actually acquitted on terms of insanity. And as soon as you see the face, you're like, this guy's a loon. Yeah. And when he's like, acquitted- he has a me likey face. It means it. <laughs> right. When he's acquitted, he actually bursts into flames and becomes an infernal. Mm-hmm. But the thing about most infernals is that they're not like sentient. Like they, they don't have a personality. They can't mm-hmm. talk. They're just these like creatures that sort of like bound yeah, about yeah. and fight and try and right. spread fire and destruction. And he is having full on conversations mm-hmm. and punishing everyone in the courtroom. Even the people that A, acquitted him, and the B, the judge who said he's right. not guilty. The judge is like, I just judge you innocent. And he's like, well, who are you to judge me? Yeah, and like lights him on fire. So it was, right. this guy's a bad, bad dude. But he put him in a fire rope chokehold. <laughs> so, he was like the repo man in, in 1990s WWE. Right. So, so the alarm goes off, and Shinra and Arthur Boyle start coming over from the other side of town. They run into the rest of Group 8 on the way. Um, and they say, look... You're using Shinra's flying fire foot power. Get there and try and like neutralize the situation. You know, you're going to get there before us. Mm-hmm. And they get there before them and they're beating up this character. They're beating up this character. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the eighth group catches up with them again. Mm-hmm. And the Infernal escapes and they tell Shinra, and this is when Hinara stepped in and said, the captain can't give this order, but right. I can. Right. And he says, you know, normally when we kill these, or when we extinguish these infernals, you know, the priestess has to be there, blah, blah, blah. He said, you have to ignore that this time. You have to go extinguish this one. This one's right. really, really bad. Right. So Shinra goes to chase it down. And sort of waiting in the wings is Hibana mm-hmm. and the fifth and she's standing there and th- they're so submissive right and in her group that she doesn't walk on the ground she walks on men her chair is also made out of men right so she's sitting on a chair of men who by the way are her subordinates on a carpet that are made of men and they're all she she has this thing of calling people gravel essentially mm-hmm. and yep. so every time someone gets stepped on by her high heels they go like crunch 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 they have to make like a gravel sound apparently right <laughs> so that's how submissive these pros are mm-hmm. so yeah so so she is watching the fight from afar and uh shinra is doing a really good job he's taking him out and he's about to kill him and the the infernal begs for mercy and says please at least let me die with um, with the priestess present mm-hmm. so that, you know, my soul can be taken care of. And, and Shinra in a moment of weakness says, sure, we'll wait. <laughs> the Infernal tries to attack him and Shinra kicks off his arm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Unit 5 comes out of nowhere and pins the Infernal to the ground. And... It is best for society if this infernal is removed and extinguished. Mm-hmm. Right. But Hibana, whose crew is much more established, the fifth They're kind of like, the, but they're also like the science group of the... Right, right. So they want to do experiments on mm-hmm. the infernal, which immediately makes you think that she's the bad person because she's going to try and get um, information and power and, mm-hmm. and science out of this. Right, thing. right. And so I, I, this is where you start to realize that the, there's a huge difference between, uh, you know, the different, so why the real eight is there and they kind of, this reveals the final 
kind of big twist of this part of the season is that eight was created recently, not just to fight the menace, but also mm-hmm. to figure out where the corruption's coming from. Like, right. are are these squads as bad as they say? So they're kind of like the you know the the double agents of the squad. So they're not only there to be the protector of the public against infernals, but also protect the public against the squad. So and that's why Obi's in charge because he is incorruptible. Incorruptible, correct. So this is a very interesting show with a lot of really great um, character qualities, a lot of great twists. The 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 lore that they're making in the show is very well considered, but not mm-hmm. very well fleshed out in my mind. So this this is what's going to affect our score. So before we go on to our Weeby Noob score gear, would you keep watching the show knowing what you know about it now that you've seen a couple episodes in? I was going to lean yes, but now that you have truly exposed the hilarity <laughs> of Tamaki Kotatsu, <laughs> I would definitely keep watching. I, I would too. I just, just for, to, just to like enjoy Tamaki's character. She's right. Just- and, and another thing that a lot of people out there should take into consideration when they're listening to us and they hear our scores. Um, There's many times where Kyle gives me episodes later in a series to watch if there's a particular story arc that he wants to discuss. But a lot of times I'm watching the first five episodes of something. Yeah. Go to any American sitcom that you love. The Office. Mm -hmm. The whole first season. But The Office. How I Met Your Mother. uh, Seinfeld. Uh, hell, look at early Simpsons. Anything that you love in America, watch the first five, five episodes. Tell me those mm-hmm. are the best that they're doing. Right, because right. Because every show needs to get its footing. Mm-hmm. It needs to explain some backstory so that it can get the exposition out of the way and right. the meat of it. And then, of course, the later stuff is usually terrible as well because they've run mm-hmm. out of original ideas. Right. But a lot of these shows, I'm watching the first few episodes. So, a scant few will hit their stride right out of the gate. A lot of the others, we are truly giving our opinions based upon, or at least I am, because Kyle's often watched many more episodes than me, mm-hmm. but I'm giving my, my belief on, uh, or my thoughts on um, really early stuff. So that being said, I would absolutely keep watching because I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm thinking that they get a better handle on the good show that they have. Right. Um, I would say for me, um, I've read this a uh, pretty considerable amount of time. I like it for the most part. I will say this is one of those shows that loses me sometimes. Soul Eater did the same thing okay. because they like their characters to be very ambiguous as to whether they're good or bad in all these shows. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to draw that line just so people don't get lost as to what I'm like when I see a character. I don't want to question every person I'm seeing the page as if they're going to do something, basically. Mm. I want to like, have at least one or two things that I should be focusing on my attention on. Because like in the case of Fabana, you find out, you know, you'll find out that she's not a bad person. She was originally a nun, and she was just corrupted by losing her whole convent, that kind of stuff. Mm. And, but, so, but she's not corrupt in the case of like someone's pulling her strings, essentially. And so I want that to be clearer sooner on a lot of the characters you meet throughout mm-hmm. the show so that I'm not constantly like, like I thought that guy was bad. Like the scientist is a really good example of that. Like I, I got lost a little bit in it. So I'm, when I was watching the anime, you, mean, you like, mean the scientist that looks like, like the evil scientist from um, nightmare before Christmas. Yes. He's that like sci- creates Oogie Boogie. Or, <laughs> or, uh, no, it's the one that keeps Sally as prisoner. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it, it's hard for me to, to follow that. And Soul Eater had that same problem because, as you said, 
they like to keep things morally gray in these kind of shows. The author does that a lot in these shows, but at some point you have to draw the line so I don't lose it, right? So I don't lose what I'm paying attention to. And that's an important thing for me as altogether. So for me, I want to keep watching just because I love Tamaki as a character. I think that's hysterical. Um, I do like the idea. The idea is really fresh and unique. Love it. I, when I was reading it, I think they lost me a little bit, but I'll try it again now that I have a new media to figure it out. So sure. um, I will, I'll keep watching, definitely. But what we're going to do is what we do every week, which is call our Weeping Noob Score. The Weeping Noob Score doesn't necessarily mean whether the show's good or bad. It's just how soon we think you should watch the show out of all the other ones you could potentially be watching. A high score means that this is something that's unique and special. You should watch it now. A lower score means eh, it's a dime a dozen or it's hard to follow. Really don't, don't give it too much mind. Watch it if you want to, but it doesn't really have to be a priority. So... That being said, I give this show a pretty solid 8.5. I think it's loved with the, within the weave community. I think the, the idea is very unique. I like the art direction. I like the sound direction of the show. I'm with Garrett in that there's a lot of things that they're, there's a lot of tropes that they try to hit and then they swing and miss. Like the whole hero's journey is a little muddled in the show. Um, the comedy is a little off. The tone can be a little weird how they switch. But ultimately I have fun with, figuring mm -hmm. out this world because the world is very interesting and i think that's what will keep me watching it and it's also loved because people like if you if you love soul eater if that's one of your favorite shows out there then you're gonna like the show it's very much soul eater but actually better done than soul eater in my opinion oh all right so 8.5 for me uh garrett what do you give it for your noob score for new fans uh i'm coming in at an 8.5 as well awesome. um well done few misses certainly nothing perfect um Unique in that, I mean, at least, first of all, oh my God, we're not in high school. Um, we're, yeah. not, we're not in high school. We've never talked about firefighters before. We've never talked about um, spontaneous combustion before. Mm. Um, there's depth to the characters. I, all the reasons that you gave before, mm -hmm. uh, it is an 8.5, I believe. Right, right. Well and worth I watching. Yeah, again, give it a shot. And as Garrett said, it might, and I think you'll agree with me, this and Garrett, like give it a few more episodes than the three, the four or five that you usually give it. Because as I think, once you get to meet, they introduce people and you, they don't really hit their stride until a little later in the season. So that's what I would say. Um, but as we are about to hear the buzzer, we're on call and ready to head out to our next uh, fire to, to fight, our next anime to watch. It is always important to hear your thoughts. Was Enden no Shobutai, uh, Fire Force, the kind of unique, uh, special show that you think could really, really shake up the shonen world? Did you love it for its comedy, for its interesting ideas and its takes? Or did you think that the tone was a little weird or that the comedy was in the wrong places or that the edginess was not serving the show at all? Please let us know in the comments below because we really want to keep the conversation going, especially for a show as interesting as this one. Uh, you can follow us on all of our social media, specifically on Instagram at Wamba Podcast. That's W-A-N-W-A. -A. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Weep underscore You can also find us at our main host site, anchor.fm slash Wamba Podcast, or anywhere your podcast is found. However, when you do, make sure you give us a five, 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 squad five review, and we really help us elevate our conversation, elevate people to see us more, and we really appreciate all the time. Before we close the chapter on the show, we head off to our next fight. Uh, what do you think about your final thoughts on the show Fire Force Garrett? Don't be a lucky lecher. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> so we're going to be putting on our firefighter outfits, kicking uh, you know the fire people in the chest, praying with nuns. All in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all.
My bad. I'm sorry. Hey! What are you smiling at, creep? <gasps> it's not fair. Why does my lucky lecture lure always flare up at the worst possible moment?